Hi there, it's Nick here. Thanks so much for your continued support of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. Wherever you consume your podcast, it is great to have you with us. I would alert you again to the racing app which is your one-stop shop and the easiest place now to download the show each and every morning as soon as it's ready. Many of you are doing so already, and that's not just because you can get access to all 880 episodes of this show, and very easily as well, but you can also watch live races. You can watch all the replays, and you can stream in the card with an active Fitstairs account. So do download it now, uh, the racing app. It's your one-stop shop and you will be able to catch up on all the previous episodes of your favourite daily racing podcast. You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hi there, good morning, welcome to the show. Tuesday the 19th of December. It's a week until the King George VI chase at Kempton Park, the great mid-season showpiece shaping up quite nicely. And today's weather may well have a bearing on things because as you heard yesterday, it was forecast to rain. It's really soggy here in TW11, just four miles away from Kempton. And with that in mind, I wonder where the pendulum was swinging as regards the participation of Jerry Colomb. We thought he would, then we thought he wouldn't. Well, now have things changed that little bit? I've been on the phone to Robbie Power, the racing manager to Brian Atchison's Robcore Ownership Group, who own Jerry Colomb and so many other top-class horses that have been plying their trade successfully this season. And I asked him what the intention was and whether Kempton was still plan A. Yeah, it is. At the moment, Kempton is plan A. Um, but it's all weather, weather dependent and ground dependent. So if the ground is soft in Kempton... Um, that would be the likelihood he'd go to Kempton and, uh, for the King George but um, vice versa if Kempton was to be good ground and Leperson was soft he'd wait stay at home and go to the Sabbath chase and Leperson but plan A and what everyone really wants to do is go to King George at the moment yeah so I mean if if they were both equivalent ground then he'd go to Kempton yeah if ground was soft in both places he'd more, he'd more than likely go to Kempton yeah yeah um, and I don't know what the forecast is like with you Is it, are you likely to get enough rain to make Leopardstown easy um, I, I honestly don't know to tell you the truth um, I haven't seen the ground report yet this morning but um, we have rain there is rain around there's been an awful lot of rain falling in Ireland over the last while so there is moisture in the ground and any bit of rain that falls will help but um, we just have to monitor the situation and see there is bits and pieces of rain around later in this week so we'll, um, we'll see what happens but I get the, I get the feeling from, from Brian that, that he'd like to come to Kempton in an ideal world yeah, he would. Look, so we've, we've got a, a, a very, very good horse and the King George is an iconic race, so we would love to come and, and, and take on the King George if um, if the ground is right. Okay, and th- there was a complicating factor, which is that you might have gentlemen's game in one or, one or t'other of the races, but that's not going to happen. Just give me the news on that. Yeah, he suffered a, a minor setback um, after Weatherby. He missed a week or 10 days. Um, he was just walking for 10 days so he's back in full work at the moment but Christmas is going to come too soon for him and it wouldn't be the right thing to do for the horse uh, to go to the Sabbath so he'll wait and 
possibly go to the Cotswolds Chase in, in Cheltenham at the end of January or he's got the Dublin Racing Festival so there's, there's plenty of options for him still I noticed the interesting thing about Weatherby was um, there was a lot of there were a lot of pictures and videos of him during the week because he was staying at Weatherby for for a, for a few days and a lot of people saying how how much he'd appeared to to really enjoy himself on on, on his away trip. He's obviously a horse with a great temperament. Oh, he's got a fantastic temperament. He's very laid back. Um, he's just a very professional horse. He does everything. Takes everything in his stride. That was only his third run of offences in, in Weatherby and you saw how good a jumper he is. So um, you'd like to think um, there's, there's more improvement to come. So we'll see. Okay, well, fingers crossed we see him at Cheltenham at the end of at the end of January. And as far as the rest of the, the Christmas period is concerned, you've got Irish Point entered in the Long Walk Hurdle this weekend at, at, at Ascot. Andy's in the Jack de Bromhead Christmas Hurdle at, uh, at Leopardstown. What might be the likeliest option for him? Yeah, I'd say it's more than likely that he'll stay at home and, and go to the Jack de Bromhead in Leopardstown um, and see if he stays three miles. If he stays three miles, um, it gives us more options with him going forward. So, um, yeah, he'll definitely more than likely stay at home and go to, to Leopardstown. So that'll be the the plan for him. And then hopefully Bob Ollinger might go to Cheltenham on, uh, on New Year's Day for the for the Red Keel. Do you think he's Do you think he's back in the game, Bob Ollinger? I do big time. Yeah, that was a great performance in um, in Navan on his first run for a while, and I think he's improved from it. So um, yeah, you'd like to think so. Um, is he going to be as good as he was a couple of seasons ago when he was in Navan? I'm not so sure, but that was a very good performance in in Navan. So um, there's plenty of positives to look forward to. And you've got, I mean, so many, so many horses engaged in Grade One races over the Christmas period. San Felicians in at Leopardstown, uh, Antobar in the in the two novice hurdles, Chupos in again, Absolute Notions. Are they all likely runners? Chupo uh, definitely won't run. He's going straight to Cheltenham. Uh, that was the plan after he won the Hatton's Grace. That he goes straight to the to the the Stairs Hurdle. Um, he's a better horse, fresh, so we'll give him a break, and he'll go straight to the Stairs. Um, on Turbo we'll wait and go to um, Nace for the two and a half mile grade one in Nace just after Christmas in the new year and then um, Stade Steel who won in um, the grade two novice hurdle in Navan he'll wait and go to Dublin Racing Festival and then hopefully up to Cheltenham and San Felicia I'd say unlikely for San Felicia to run the grade one definitely he hasn't won his beginner's chase yet so I think we'll, um, we'll look for Carmel Waters so at the moment we are pinning our hopes on Jerry to fly the flag um, and probably in the King George, but we'll wait a few more days for 100% confirmation. Um, Robbie, thanks so much for your for your time this morning. Much appreciated. No problem, Nick. Okay, that was Robbie Power, the racing manager to Brian Atchison's Rob Corr with some interesting bits of news there. Um, I suppose the, the, the headline, well, it's a, a joint headline really, between pendulum swinging back towards Kempton for Jerry Colomb and gentlemen's game, slight injury won't be seen until the Cotswold chase. So that idea of them needing to be split around Christmas is is no longer in the mix. Still, it seems that there is a there's a desire to come to Kempton. An interesting David Yates from the Daily Mirror that Robbie Power are playing up the status and standing of the race, saying it was an iconic race and one they really wanted to win, not simply that it was a choice between two equivalents. Well, anyone who's based on this side of the Irish Sea would. Uh, yes, be happy to hear those, but we believe those in our heart of hearts, don't we? The, the King George outside of the Cheltenham Festival or Aintree must be our most important jump race uh, of the season. And 
Yeah, it's great that uh, Jerry Colomb, now that the pendulum, as you say, has swung back into the in the direction of running. I hope it stays there. We've got, what, a week now before the race, and it's clearly going to be a very wet day in the south today, uh, and we'll see how the weather development uh, develops over the next few days. It's certainly, it, it's a fascinating race this year, Nick, isn't it? I, I, I know that it's it's hard to find a King George that is dull over the years, but just looking at the the first six of them in the betting here, Alaho, Brave Man's Game, Jerry Colomb, Shishkin, Royal Pagai, and the Real Wacker have all got a vulnerability there, haven't they? Alaho with the injury, um, he did what he needed to do, I suppose, in the, the Clonmel oil chase on his return. Brave Man's Game, Uneasy the head that wears the crown with two defeats this season. Jerry Colomb, will the race suit him? How soft would he need it? Shishkin, will he start? Royal Pagai, will they shift it to Haydock Park? Probably not. And the real whacker, of course, pulled up on his return. So they've all got a negative about them. Alaho, this time last week, was 5-1. to one. He's now a best-priced 15 to 8 a, and a, a very general 7 to 4 chance. If, you, if you'd been playing the market and playing the exchanges cleverly enough with all these will they, won't they, mighty run, mighty not run with Alaho and Jerry Colomb, you'll be you'll be quids in already. You won't need another bet. No, that's very true. I mean, the, the interesting thing with Alaho is that after the horse ran and won the, the Clonmel Oil chase, I think that might have been the 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 day of the Cartier Awards. People could look this up. I'm not quite sure, but I I, I rang Richard Thompson of Cheveley Park and said, "Is it your intention to go to the King George?" And he said, "Yes, it is." And obviously, that's been confirmed subsequently. I, I don't think there's been any uh, wavering back and forth to say, "No, no, we're going to stay in Ireland." So, um, Alaho was probably about a six to one shot at, at that time. But as you say, Brave Man's Game, Jerry Colomb, Shishkin. Uh, who was the three to one favourite before uh, he let himself down at Ascot last month? He's now seven to one. So yeah, absolutely. If you if you're on the ball with uh, with the market here, you could be sitting there thinking, well, I'm, I'm just going to watch the race and uh, see which one of my uh, winning hands uh, comes to fruition. But it's it's really interesting. And, and as someone who we all like a vibrant. There are there are two ways of looking at these top class races. One is to have a, a champion who's going to start at pro prohibitive odds, who's going to win by the length of Bedford High Street, and we're going to ring the number crunchers to ask them, "Oh, what figure have you got on this?" Well, boring. Much more interesting. A, a betting market like this, where there's a vibrancy to it, there is a vulnerability about the horses towards the head of the market. But we've got to try and work out which one of those will come out on top of the day. On the day, I must admit, Nick, I, I'm glad that you haven't asked me uh, for a selection in the race because no. it's uh, it's a question really of just sifting through and and thinking which horse will. Uh, will will be primed on the day. Shishkin at seven to one is obviously it, it stands out, doesn't it? But do you want to tip a horse in the Daily Mirror who's then going to plant his heels going away from the grandstands? Remember and say no, thanks very much. All right, I think the field is going to be Alaho, Brave Man's Game, Royal Pagai, Jerry Colomb, Hewick, Shishkin, the Real Wacker, and Frodon. There aren't any more. Jamie Snowden I've spoken to, he's not going to supplement That's All Right, Gino. He's going to wait. 
Uh, I've also spoken to Dan Skelton. He's not going to run any of the outsiders that are currently engaged. So it's a it's a maximum of eight uh, at the moment, and that presupposes that all of the Irish horses run. Uh, we'll come to Hewitt just in a moment. Just want to uh, pick up on that point about gentleman's game in the interview with Robbie Power. Little setback after Weatherby. Nothing serious being backridden again. Won't make Leopardstown. Will possibly make the Cotswold chase at Cheltenham, which would be an interesting stop-off point for him. Yes, indeed. Um, it's uh, Let's hope that's not too serious. It doesn't sound like it is uh, too serious if he's going to make trials day at Cheltenham at the end of January. And again, a, a horse who is in the mix for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. So, yeah, let's hope that uh, that he's OK and, and that this this setback is uh, is such that he can make his return next month. All right. Well, I, I dare say Hewick will be bound for, for that race as well. Uh, but he's got to get through next week, first of all. He's definitely coming over. And uh, this is what his trainer, Shark Hanlon, had to say to me a little earlier on today. He's in great form. Um, I went to Galway with him and I probably shouldn't have. The ground was too soft and he had a lot of weight. But um, he came home on Galway, got a long break and he's back in. I decided last Friday... I was at school in Bumper and Nath on Friday and I said, we'll do that, this is his trial. If he's fit enough, lovely. If he's not, lovely as well. But he, he came through with a bit of work, brilliant, and I'm home, super. So he definitely run. Um, hopefully we don't get a hip or rain. That's one thing we don't want. But listen, um, it always, the ground always is good there. Do you know, so um, I can't see, I can't see the ground a problem because for the over the years, the ground always seems to come more good over there, and uh, they look to a great job on the track. So um, these got We've seen before horses with a, a quite a freewheeling, forward-going style of racing seem to be quite well suited by Kempton, and we know he stays so well because of the races he's won over three and a half miles plus. Um, do you anticipate that sort of Kempton style for him that he just gets out there and bowls along and enjoys himself? He will. Listen, there'll probably be something else bowling along as well, or to, to bowl along with him. But um, like the good thing about our lad, he can jump out, he can make the runner, he can sit in second, third, fourth. It doesn't really matter. So, um, and there'll be plenty of pace in the race. And um, listen, a bit of look on our side, get his jumping right, get into a rhythm, and see what happens after that. And it's interesting. He came back and he won the race at Sandown after that horrible fall in the in the Gold Cup. Are you are you confident in your own mind that, irrespective of that, that that fall did not leave its mark? Yeah, no, he's in he's in great form. He came back. He's he's a tough little boy. Probably the difference in the Gold Cup when he got the fall. He's a handy bit of a horse. He's not a big heavy horse. If that was a big heavy horse, it could have been serious. But the smaller horses seem to get away with the leg of them things. Okay, and you mentioned yesterday that obviously Jordan Gainford is on the sideline, so he can't ride the horse. I, I can't imagine you're short of offers, are you? No, I, I listen. The, the Irish entries go today, and you will see who's running what. I'm not been talking to Rachel Blackmore. I was talking to Brian News, and I'm feeling out to a couple of. No one has committed because they don't really know, and all the entries come out. But um, I'm sure we'll get someone good. There's, there's plenty of good chaps there, um, and we'll see. Uh, what where we're going? Jaron uh, Jaron Gifford. I was talking to him last night. In fairness, Jaron, he's have to keep in contact with me. And, um, 
like he's unlucky to, to miss him and it's uh, it's his big last tradition for the Christmas because um, he loves the horse and the two of them get on so well together and hopefully John he said to me last night that uh, he'll be back he's, I'll be back for Chetland so listen I hope he is Are you looking beyond that? Do you want to go back to the Gold Cup and have another crack at it? There's no doubt in the world he'd go he'd get one run before the Gold Cup and he'd go back for the Gold Cup like last year he wasn't trained for a Gold Cup we went we kind of went to every cockfight in the, in the, in the world and um, then went to a Gold Cup this year we go to the Gold Cup first Alright that was trainer Shark Hanlon as ever, ebullient about Hewick and about his prospects, um, fiddling around trying to find a jockey because of Jordan Gainford's injury. It sounds as though Brian Hughes could be in the mix and Rachel Blackmore. You'd have thought Rachel's going to have quite a few commitments on Boxing Day, but you never know. You never know what Henry de Bromhead might want to bring to England as well. True. I, I think it's probably more likely that that she would stay in Ireland and, and ride at Leopardstown on Boxing Day, but we will see. Brian Hughes, this would be some... Uh, some very welcome quality over quantity, wouldn't it, for him? Uh, so I, I'm not surprised in this sense that Shark Hanlon is bullish about Hewick. He's he's always bullish. And as we said a few moments ago, the horses who are ahead of Hewick in the betting for this race have all got something of an Achilles heel about them. Uh, this horse has already had a, a storied career, the Galway Plate, uh, the Grand National at uh, Far Hills, the Eclipse Award uh, that followed that. We haven't seen him since he uh, lost his crown in the, the Galway plate in August. But uh, yeah, you know, in terms of the the, the horses that are, are ahead of Hewick in the betting, there's not one of them that uh, hasn't got a question of sorts to answer. So he's always pretty confident. Uh, this horse obviously has achieved so much and he's still only eight years old, which it's looking at his form. He's he's achieved so much. I thought he must be uh, nine rising 10. But you would think in the traditional way uh, that we look at jumps horses, then eight rising nine, he's about to enter his peak. All right. Were you uh, listening to the podcast yesterday, David? I was indeed, of course. Oh, I listen to it every day. That's <laughs> the correct answer. Um, Lydia and I spoke with Dara O'Loughlin, the Chief Executive of the Irish Horse Regulatory Board, about their new strategy plan for the forthcoming years, which involved a number of pillars and pie charts and aims and objectives. And we tried to drill down a little bit into how those objectives would be executed. I paid particular attention to uh, the Swan report, Craig Swan's report uh, and recommendations uh, of 2022 and how those anti-doping um, uh, regulations might be put into practice or recommendations might be put into practice. And of course, more more money needed was was one of the answers proffered. Uh, now, by an amazing coincidence last night, Horse Racing Ireland announced that it would not be increasing the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board's funding. Um, funding in the region of 1.2 million euros was required to implement various recommendations as a result of the independent review by Dr. Craig Suan, wrote the Racing Post yesterday, into the IHRB's equine anti-doping programme. And as uh, as the Racing Post picked up, Darrow Lockley on this podcast noted some of the recommendations involved additional testing that necessitated extra funding. Uh, an IHRB spokesperson last night said the Board of HRI has approved 2024 IHRB budgeted expenditure of 12.1 million euros 
This expenditure is allocated as 11.4 million euro revenue and 0.75 million euro capital. The IHRB has been advised no further funding is available to implement the remaining SWAN recommendations at this point. And that budget was approved at a board meeting last Wednesday. And then the IHRB released their strategy document yesterday uh, and within it recommendations that would clearly require more funding. So there's an interesting bit of politicking at play here, it seems, David Yates. Yes, indeed. It's a, a pretty swift slap in the face, kick in the groin. Uh, Dara O'Loughlin told the Oireachtas Committee uh, that 1.2 million euro was needed to implement the uh, the recommendations of uh, the Swan report. Uh, the main thrust of those was to increase the numbers of testing with anti-doping. Um, more than 5,000 horses of the 34,000 runners were tested in 2022. Two uh, more money was needed to increase that figure, but it's not going to be forthcoming. And it's all very well to say that you're putting plenty more prize money on. And of course, everyone is obsessing about prize money and in some cases correctly. But there's no use having all the prize money you want unless you can guarantee to the rest of the world that your uh, field is one of relative fair play. So it'll be interesting to see how that tug of war progresses it's against a backdrop that is being painted in pretty bleak style by today's sun in Ireland. Uh, what are what are they saying, Dave? Absolutely right. Yeah, uh, just for, for those who haven't seen it, there's a uh, the bottom half of Davy Russell's mud splattered face, and uh, the the report says radical new gambling laws may unwittingly kill off Ireland's horse racing industry. It's feared. Racing broadcasters have said they will exit the market when a daytime ban on betting ads is introduced. Horse Racing Ireland Chief Suzanne Eade said inevitable decline of an industry that supports 30,000 jobs would begin. And uh, the there are bullet points uh, which say new bet laws could wreck sport ads ban death knell to industry and the main headline is government's biggest gamble ever so yeah as you say there it's um on on both sides of uh of the irsc we've got a a, a very similar not identical but very similar challenge to us for the future let's get back to the track and this weekend and to ask it and you heard robbie power say earlier on the irish point would not be running at Ascot this weekend in the Howden Long Walk Hurdle. The horse who currently heads the market is Crambo, who was the most progressive horse last year, won the EBF final at Sandown Park. He's trained by Fergal O'Brien. He's off the back of a very good weekend with the star mare Dysart Enos. And I began by asking whether Crambo was now ready to shine at the top level. Um, I feel he is. You know, I feel that, you know, he ran well enough the last day at Haydock. Um, we've been in two grade ones and it hasn't gone well for us, but he's a year older, a year stronger now. Um, you know, he ran very well at Aintree, obviously. He ran fantastic at Haydock without winning. And look, the only way we're going to find out if he's good enough is, um, is to run him against him, you know. There's quite a bit of rain this morning and there could be a bit more later in the week. Is that what you want? Yeah, look, he, he to be fair to Grambo, he, he won his novice hurdle at Ascot on goodish ground probably even on the quicker side of good and um, yeah I, I, look he, he'll go on most grounds but the, the softer the better probably for him yeah and he's a horse who when he won the, the EBF final last year and, and beat Inniston I, I'd, I'd rarely heard you be 
quite so excited about a horse's future. What were you seeing then that we hadn't seen yet? Well, yeah, we were sort of seeing things like the long walk and, 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 and those sort of those harder races, you know. Um, and what he's done this year, actually, which he didn't do last year, he, he's jumping a lot better. So, fingers crossed, he's been schooling a lot better at home. Um, and, you know, yeah, he, he, he's just... He's just like most of those good horses that you, you don't, you don't, um, you don't see a lot at home. But he saves it for the track. You know, Dice Ardenas is exactly the same. If you saw her come up the gallops, you wouldn't pick her out among ten others. You know, and Gamble's very much in that mould. Well, you've led me on nicely to talking about Dice Ardenas. It's quite un- understandable why the superlatives keep flowing because she just keeps looking so impressive. And you say she doesn't do an awful lot at home, but she she go moves through a race like a, a mare with a lot of speed. Yeah, but uh, look, I know it's slightly different, but you know, I'm, in my time at, at Naunton, you know, things like Imperial Command are never great workhorses, and they just sort of they come alive on the track, and that's what she does, you know. And that's why it was important for us to go to Cheltenham. I felt that I felt it was just. You know, she she does light up when she goes to the races, and, and you know, Patty's very important to her. And I just thought it, it, it was it was important. Win, lose, or draw uh, on on Friday it was important to give her a sight or a Cheltenham, rather than going back there in March and she just getting a bit stage fright, really. You know, I'm I'm fascinated looking at her pedigree because she's she's from a a really good family going back, but she's by Molinas who who tends to be a an influence for stamina. Do, do you feel that she she's still got a bit more up her sleeve as she moves up in distance, or not? I might say so. Yeah, I don't think two and a half would be any 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 trouble during time. But you know, I think she's she said the other day she travelled to the race very well um, on on Friday. And yeah, she seems to seems to have enough speed to do the job there now at the minute. So fingers. Are, I mean, I was, I was very impressed with her on Friday. I was very impressed with her at entry. Um, uh, you know, like I said, we don't see that speed at home. So it's when when she gets to the track and you see it, it does sort of it takes your breath away a little bit, yeah. And and apart from Crambo, who's going to bring home the Christmas money? I see you've got a couple in the Welsh National as well. Yeah, look, um, um, uh, Hunter Highland Hunter is unlikely to run. He he, he um he, he didn't happen for him at the beach, and he, he's just still a little bit sore after that. So. I think he's unlikely to go there. So hopefully, autonomous cloud. Look at a lovely prep runner. You talk to her. Um, two fell at the second last, and uh, one fell brought the other one down. So he had a lovely race and didn't have a hard race. So I'm excited about him going there. Um, yeah, there's, look, Cam's and Ask goes to Cam's and Ask goes to to the Grade One up at Aintree, so the Tallworth. So um, I'm looking forward to him running as well. Fergal O'Brien there, lots to look forward to for him and for us indeed if the racing at Ascot is all good on Saturday and no reason to think it won't be, it will be a test the long walk hurdle, Champ, Paisley Park, Dashel, Drasher, all pensionable, uh, all well into bus pass age uh, David Yates, uh, Crambo this is his chance to shine um, receiving about five years from them Yes, the others may be of pensionable age but they're also rated in the 150s Crambo According to the official numbers at the moment, he's on 142. He's a six-year-old with a significant upside, seven starts over hurdles. So, yeah, there is the potential for more, but more will be needed. So there's a, the region of a stone that he's got to improve uh, to get to those old-timers. And he is at the head of the market for uh, this race. So uh, I think that's something of a conundrum. He's certainly got... A, a bit more to find to to get to the uh, the old stages here.
Well, one of my great pleasures this time of year is to be able to uh, do commentary duties for the BBC at the London International Horse Show at the Excel Centre in Docklands. Um, got back very late last night, but not um, before it's seen some fantastic sport for the L- London Grand Prix. And before that, one of the traditional features of the week, which is the Jockeys Challenge. Two teams of jockeys taking each other on in a, a show jumping relay. It's a bit of fun, but they, as you can imagine, they take it ridiculously seriously. Team marshaled by Sir A.P. McCoy and won by Ryan Moore and uh, all in aid of the Injured Jockeys Fund, um, uh, which is, is is fantastic, particularly at the moment. Tom Skudamore was on, on one of the teams. Oh, he's on, on Ryan Moore's team, I think, weren't you, Skew? Yes, I was, yep, on the, on the winning team. So after a few years um, having a go at it, uh, oh, we finally got our heads in front, so absolutely delighted. Yeah, and uh, what I hadn't realised, because uh, nobody told me, was that you were actually riding a horse that's done enormous things for you and and your family in the past. Just tell us a little bit about who you were riding in the show jumping last night. Yes, I I rode Kingswell Theatre last night. Um, He won seven times uh, when he was trained with Lucinda and my brother. um, uh, Won the cross-country, chasing him twice around Cheltenham as well. Uh, And then since he retired um, a couple of years ago, he's been my daughter's uh, pride and joy. So uh, he's done everything, pony clubbing, ROR, hunting, you name it, he's done it. And last night uh, he took on all the posh show jumpers, went clear and uh, certainly didn't disgrace himself. So it just goes to show, you know, it's just a, a a good thing for the for the sport that you can go on and just shows what what ex racehorses can go and do and it was it was just such a privilege it was it was absolutely wonderful now it's fair to say there was a sort of variable standard of uh, of horse in this competition harry cobden came on, came in on on a horse that honestly looked like he could have gone round the hickstead derby about four times um i think it has um if truth if truth if truth be told um so that, that's why you know luckily i mean watching harry you wouldn't have thought it but when you watch the when you when you watch the gray horse go around um it certainly did but look um you know it, it didn't always go to plan i think ap had got a very nice horse as well it didn't quite work out for him um but yeah look, as i say it's it's a it's a wonderful privilege to be asked to do something like that. And you know, you, you're alluding to earlier. We, we do take it seriously because when, when you go somewhere like that, more importantly than anything else, you don't have to be made to look a fool in front of thousands of people doing a different discipline. Um, you know, when you pride yourself on being horsemen, et cetera, et cetera. So um, to go into, go, go into the, the XL arena um, and nobody disgraced themselves other than perhaps the um, injured jockeys fund president, um, you know, everybody else did, did very well. And as, as you alluded to as well it's always special it's always um you know great great to do uh but this this year you know it resonated even even further than normal with what's happening yeah absolutely and and uh, sir ap mccoy uh, paying um tribute to the work of the injured jockeys fund of which he has been a massive part in recent weeks and uh, you know clearly graham lee uppermost in in everybody's mind um in that respect and i'm sure that was that was going through everybody's head last night wasn't it it, it, it certainly it certainly was and like obviously him and his family um you know obviously going through an awful lot awful lot of changes and, and, and what have you and what's happened to them in the last months you know um it's very sobering for all involved but you know he he won't admit it himself but um you know, it's one thing that he set the standards, obviously being a 20-time champion jockey, um, but it's the mark of him as a man, what he's done behind the scenes, 
um, is absolutely phenomenal. And um, you know, so he's he not not only is what he's achieved in the saddle, but the way he conducts himself out of it. You know, Sir AP um, you know, has my utmost respect. And and in very tough times, obviously him and Graham were very very close friends. Um, but you know, Sir AP has certainly um, been a very very true friend to him. And it's, it's one of those things that's really gone slightly under the radar with everything. But um, you know, it's right to acknowledge that all, all the hard work and everything that AP does, he takes his position as president very very seriously and. Um, you know, he's just a yeah, fantastic individual. If there's one thing about this show, the, the last week, the London International Horse Show, it is all about um, family. Obviously, the time of year pre-Christmas it, it lends itself to that, and you see people of people of all ages. Very happy memories for me as a child, and took my own children um, last night. And I thought Ryan Moore's comments because his children have been competing in the Shetland Pony Grand National, and indeed, his daughter Sophie won last night. Um, him saying what um, being involved with these ponies does for for children and and the how the extent to which it teaches them to really respect the animals and to uh, and sort of become become good people really absolutely um you only have to see the people that have been through it um obviously the twist and davises all Nigel's battalions willie sam all the girls they, they they've all done it all the way through timmy murphy's children have done it you know ryan's daughter won it last night jamie's daughter roxy won it in the week um so it, it is and it just you know your your admiration for these beautiful animals, whether they're race horses or horses, knows no bounds. And when you get to see the variety um, at the the London International, you know, see from from the Shetlands to the show jumpers to you know all the things they show, you know the, the horses going round with doing fire displays, etc., etc. Um, you know, there, there's something there for everybody. And they say that it's so family orientated. Same as Ryan, I took all my my girls there last night, and you know from the ages of. Uh, two and a half to 17 they all came back absolutely buzzing uh, and tell me a little bit about your day-to-day life at the moment obviously you're now running the the, the satellite yard in, in in Herefordshire and um, how's that all working the the sync between you and uh, and your dad and Lucinda up in in Scotland yeah it's, it's been fantastic um, at the moment we're in the process of applying for an additional license so uh, that means that it's you know, be, be, be a bit of second yard to to, to Michael and Lucinda um, but you know primarily um, we've got young horses we've got about 40 on the place at the moment uh, the majority of them are obviously for Michael dad and Lucinda um, but we have some other clients as well um, so yeah it's a very it's, a, it's been it's been a good time um, you know we've uh, we, it's all settled in very very nicely and you know hopefully obviously this, the start of the season and well, not the start of the season but the middle of the season but the seasons that so far that Michael dad and Lucinda are, are having um, you know hopefully they've got plenty more to look forward to from for next year as well um, if I do my bit right no rest for the wicked it sounds like you're uh, you're back on horseback now who are you riding uh at the moment i'm riding a horse by walk in the park uh who's a very nice uh, three-year-old nice nice individual um he's for sale so you know check out the website and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah no it, it's great so it's uh, it doesn't feel like uh, you know racing feels like something i did years ago now um, transitioned quite nicely and I say got got plenty on obviously with other media commitments and whatnot as well um, you know, it's uh, it's an exciting time exciting futures lie ahead I, I, I would not be forgiven if I went and asked you all about um, Lucinda and Skew's horses but but I, I, I was I was musing yesterday that this Corto star novice chase at Kempton if it features Ile Francais and Hermes Allen and Classical Dream and one or two others Giovinco is going to have to be every bit as good as you think he is, isn't he, to to, to win that? 
he's he's a very good horse. Um, yeah, things conspired against us a little bit um, at Sandown. More with a loose horse, more than anything else. Um, you know, he got messed about from the from the from before the pond fence, um, and from there because of. What the loose horse did, it really played into stay away phase hands and um, it didn't quite work out for us that day. But it was a huge step forward in what he'd done so far. I mean, obviously, he would have won at Carlisle had he stood up. Um, Aintree was a little bit of a um, no-show, obviously, with, with the sun and the fences out the straight. And you know, last time at Sandown proved that he's up to that standard. And obviously, he'd had a good novice hurdle campaign last season, but um, he'd been certainly kept in shallower waters compared to the horses that you've mentioned there. But see, he came down, he looked he looked a grade one Chelter Festival winner in the eye um, and he nearly beat him. So, you know, obviously massive respect for all the horses that will turn up um, on Boxing Day but Giovinco deserves his place and he's got a very bright future and last time Lucinda and Skew were on together um, I do enjoy interviewing them together uh, Skew was clearly of the view that he was uh, he was going to go straight to the gold cut with Corrick Rambler and Lucinda was uh, was wondering about getting a race in between do we know who's won that battle yet? <laughs> I don't know Corrick will win it um, Corrick, Corrick, Corrick has a mind of his own that is normally aided and abetted by Dad. So, um, look, we, 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 we shall see. Obviously, it was a big step forward from what he did at Kelso to then go on to do run, run so well um, at Haydock. You know, Cheltenham will suit him an awful lot better, although all his form so far has been on the old course at Cheltenham. I think the new course will suit him even better. Um, and all being well, you know, provided he stays in one piece, whether he has a run beforehand or not, um, he goes there as a lively outsider. Uh, great to hear Tom Skudamore there in such good form and congratulations to him and all the other jockeys on their starring roles at the London International Horse Show last night, where I was quite surprised not to see David Yates. Yes, I know you're saying that with your hand on your heart. Um, I've never been to the London International Horse Show. It's something that I've watched on the TV uh, since I was a child and I plan to be there next year. Uh, I'm going to put that in my diary. I do think it's really interesting. I'm not I'm not saying this with any sort of curly lip. I genuinely uh, think that it's a it's a... A, a pulsating spectacle and I'm going to put that in my diary I'm going to uh, come with my family and uh, I will see you there I'm not after free not after free tickets uh for, from those who are, are bigwigs in the the media at the London International Horse Show I'm happy to pay in and I'll see you there next December excellent look forward to it uh David thank you very much I think that might be your last show before before Christmas is it I don't know you 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 do the um you do the rotor don't you is, are well, you, is that are unless, you, unless you want to want to get in again this week i i i just feel it, it's probably prudent for me to to wish you all the compliments of the season and to you nick and to and just as importantly if not more importantly uh a uh best wishes go to all our listeners and thank you for your support during 2023 may it continue next year Oh, no, no, no. You can wish everybody a happy new year next week when you will be getting yeah, back, back on. Oh, that's a relief. <laughs> what I was going to say. Just happy Christmas for the time being. Uh, David, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Tuesday, December the 19th. What about we'll a tip? Oh, yes. A tip. How could I let's, forget? Let's pay for our tickets they, for the 2024 they, London International Horse or, Show. Or indeed, pay for any of your tickets for the excellent racing over the Christmas period. Right. What What? What are you going to go for today? Apologies. I was, I was landing the plane and... It just it was emergency takeoff again. By backing the Caltonian at shortish odds to win the 8.30 race at Wolverhampton tonight in really good form 
over this course and distance, then ran on really strongly over the stiff five at Newcastle, back to Wolverhampton's seven, surely back to winning ways here. 8.30 race, Wolverhampton, selection number four, the Caltonian. Okay, time to uh, get this episode up and running, and we will see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.